Talk Soups and CEOs, episode 24. A couple of industry insiders, Paula Reed and Gretchen Thompson, dish on life during and post-COVID. Come on in. Yes, yes. Welcome back to Talk Soups and CEOs. God, I love our theme song. So um, we're we're carrying on another week here. Um, thoughts are starting to turn toward what happens when we come back. What happens when schools come back? What is how has COVID permanently changed everything? How will COVID change things in the next year, two years? That's where our thoughts are headed. This week, I sat down with a couple of um, IEI advisors from, we have have an advisory board that's mostly of superintendents, but we have two industry partners who serve on our advisory board. And these are folks who I described in the opening as industry insiders. And, you know, they really are. Paula and Paula Reed and Gretchen Thompson have been working. Uh, Both come from education like me and both have been working on the, um, in the industry side of, of K-12 for, for a good chunk of years. Um, and we just sort of dish with each other about what's going on, what we're hearing from, from clients, what we're hearing from district partners. And I uh, hope you enjoy the conversation. I don't have much preamble to add to this one. I think it's just sort of a, a chat be- between a few uh, folks who've been working in the industry a long time about how this is impacting things. And also a couple little pointers about, about, uh, home office survival, uh, quarantine work survival. So um, hope you enjoy. We're going to start with my interview with Gretchen. Good afternoon, Talk Soups and CEOs and today VPs. We have uh, VP of sales for from Gaggle, Gretchen Thompson. Gretchen, how are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. There's a lot. It's, it's, you know, healthy family's healthy. I'm going to knock on the wooden desk here broadcasting live from my guest room where sometimes uh landscaper crews show up in the middle of podcasts when I'm recording and we just roll with it. Sometimes a six year old walks in and we just roll with it here. At the- I love that. Sometimes a dog barks. <laughs> what are you gonna do? Right. Uh, my teacher wife is downstairs. She sometimes prints stuff out that she has to do for school. So it's just all we, we roll with it. Um, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm hanging in there. Yeah. Uh, um, you've, you've got an interesting, um, I think a pretty cool thing going on. Get, tell, tell everybody about how you've got, uh, your, your son's friend staying with you. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So the, the state of the union with, uh, the Thompson household. So I, I have been, uh, in Cleveland, Ohio. That is where I'm based. That's where my home office is. Um, and we had an interesting situation during spring break. My son is a junior at Wittenberg University, and they were playing baseball. And of course, as we know, the universities um, everywhere, sports shut down, right? Yeah. So they went back to Wittenberg, and very sad boys, season is over. But school, essentially, is going to virtual learning. And so originally, I had um, we have a cottage in the back of our house, and we had five of the boys come back to actually hang tight and see if they're gonna get to go back to school. So we had Colorado, New Mexico, and Arizona students um, who were senior boys hanging out in the cottage in the backyard. And we have, we only have uh, Colorado left. So Arizona and New Mexico left pretty quick. Um, And we have a young man here with us who is a senior, supposed to graduate, is living with us and doing virtual learning with my son in the backyard. You're running a dormitory. You're running a dormitory. I am, and I'm I'm certainly uh, feeding them. So you know, 38 meals later, I'm, I'm like, you know, my, my passion for cooking has now not been such a good extracurricular activity at this point. I feel like there's probably stimulus money for this, or at least a tax credit. Thank you. Thank you, Doug. I, I mean, that's, that's going to be top of mind today. Yeah. Thank you for that. Thank you for being here. Thank you to Gaggle for all your support. Well, and thank you for being such a good partner and including us. You know, we, we love your events and we appreciate so much how you've really flipped the switch over the last month to make sure that you're accommodating your leaders, um, obviously your partners. 
So um, I've seen that, Doug, and, and I'm thankful for that and for you. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. So um, let's start with, with the good. Um, and and I, I don't, I, I appreciate that people like you and others who, where business is actually staying the same or doing well are super humble about it. And I, I, I appreciate that. But at the same time, like there's nothing wrong with that. And, you know, it, from our conversations, it sounds like business is kind of moving along at Gaggle and that's a really good thing. Tell us what's going on there. What, what stuff you're doing related to, to coronavirus to help districts cope. Of course. Yeah. Um, you know, we have been very lucky in the fact that we have remained busy. Our team is um, incredibly busy. You know, I have to say ever since March 9th is when I can really pinpoint um, when we had to really turn some, some strategic planning around to be able to accommodate uh, quick implementations from districts across the country, obviously with the virtual learning environment, you know, we had to make sure that safety was in place for them. And we were just so thankful um, that our partners and our relationships reached out to us directly. One of the things that uh, my VP and our owner really put in place was we're going to do a, a hard stop. We are not going to be reaching out to districts directly um, unless we can lend help. And that, that was around doing a lot of like uh, free webinars for Hangouts teams. Um, that was just sending a nice courtesy uh, email or a call saying, hey, we're here for you. We're not going to bug you. You need to take care of your kids. And, you know, it really actually paid off for us in the long run because you know, we received so much feedback stating thank you so much for, for staying out of the way and letting us reach out to you when we knew that there was a need. And there was certainly a need. Um, our team has adjusted safety and support teams hours uh, to be available around the clock for quick implementations of, of our services, which has been wow. fantastic. Yeah. Um, we are available uh, for our customers who need support, um, especially because we're seeing that our children are, are certainly communicating more later in the day and evenings, right? And for mm -hmm. what we do as far as protecting that email drive, Hangouts, um, Teams, and Microsoft, Google. It's, it's been really important for us to be available to people and let them know that we are here. Um, and it's not just a, a courtesy, oh, we'll be there for you when you need us. That's not what we're about. I mean, we genuinely, our teams are amazing um, and, and they're very, very hands-on with anyone who needs us right now. So, so we've felt very positive um, and I'm very, very proud of our teams overall, whether that's in our sales teams, our safety teams, our customer support teams, um, implementation, dev, everybody has been all hands on deck and they've done a great job. Well, yeah, when you, when you guys get up for your two minute drill at our in-person events, you always say that gaggle saves lives. And um, we've never seen a, a challenge to really all of our mental health, <laughs> all of us being locked in our homes. But, you know, I think the, one of the, the really tragic things about you know, have everybody in a whole state having to stay at home is that there's some kids whose homes are not the best place to be all the time. And um, there's, you know, we've never seen this kind of a, you know, school was the place to be where there were a bunch of really great adults who cared about them. And, um, you know, this, there are, these are unprecedented um, challenges and dangers around mental health around kids, self, um, you know, self awareness. Um, and I know you guys are out there trying to help make sure that, uh, if anybody's not, if, if there's any, uh, as I understand it, like if there's any language that comes up on any of the devices where it sounds like a kid's thinking about self harm or thinking about harming others, you're able to flag it and get that info to the district so they can help the kid. Yeah, I mean, this has been, this is what has really torn up my heartstrings, to be honest with you, and our teams. Um, it's the social emotional well-being of these students and staff, right? And so when you go into a virtual learning environment, everything has been so quick in the last month to actually get some implementations in there. My gosh, you know, find access to, um, you know, virtual learning via the internet, right? Um, that's stuff that we all just were and were not prepared for, let's be honest. Yeah. And so, you know, I always say, you know, kids don't go to school or they don't learn if they don't feel safe, right? Mm -hmm. And oftentimes you go to school so that someone can recognize on your face that you're having a bad day or something like our services as far as being able to um, really monitor and evaluate how kids are communicating, whether that's them journaling, whether that is them, you know, saying harmful things to others, cyberbullying, whatever, you know, um, I, I'm the first one to say, you know, a lot of times the bully is not a bad kid, but they're having a hard time too. And so 
we're able to recognize that, intercept some of those communications, and reach out to the adults that can help them. And so for me, it's been really hard because, you know, we want them to feel safe when they're in school and now they're at home and they're not around their peers, they're not around their friends, they're not around their um, educators um, to be able to take a look at them or to get a pulse on how they're feeling. And so really from a gaggle end of things, um, that is why we feel it is so important that we are continuing to support and monitor for our districts all across the country and making sure that we can give you those those instances or alerts where a child is really struggling and let those leaders be able to take care of it and help them while they're at home as well. Um, you know, the thing that's really interesting about Gaggle is that we're supporting email and drive accounts, right? So we are device agnostic. So it's not about the device that they're on right. um, that we're monitoring. It's, it's them communicating within their school district digital tools uh, based on acceptable use policies, right? And, and what's in place to be compliant um, and, and protect them. So you know, that's, that's really where we are, we are focused. Um, and we know that our educators are focused on that too. You know, we've received nothing but great feedback as far as the things that we've been able to catch, especially over this last month, um, to, yeah, to best protect the children. Yeah. And I know a few of our districts, um, who had met you at our most recent thing called you up, uh, when this happened, because they had to quickly figure out how to, how to keep kids safe. I mean, these districts have done something amazing. This is, if you think, you know, six months ago, if we were sitting around at a conference, our conference or someone else's, imagining a future where kids spend part of their day learning at home, we would think that would happen over the court. You know, there'd be all this planning and funding and funded studies and it would take years. These people had to figure this out in two to three weeks. You know, like let's add a couple of snow days on a spring break so we have time to figure this out. It's unbelievable what these districts are doing. And Oh, I, I mean, I am so, I am so impressed with, just the solution, right? It's problem solving yeah. solution. Like, what can we do? And I will tell you this, um, you know, one of the, the most frustrating things is, is hearing people say, well, you know, everybody needs to make sure that these kids have access. Everybody needs to make sure that these kids have devices. And the one thing that I come back and say is everybody needs to understand that, that our educators are doing the best that they can right now and they're right. doing a dang good job. And so that's the thing to me where it's like, you know, um, when you're in a state of emergency, how people react and solve is so very important and making everybody feel calm. You know, when we're talking yeah, about social right. emotional, if, if you can just put a plan together that is around these ki kids being fed, around these kids being able to have access to learning, and around these kids being able to have the social emotional needs met, yep. we're doing a pretty good job, right? Yep. It's not necessarily about the grades. It's not necessarily about how they're learning. It's just about what is to come and what does our future look like so that we can put best practices in place in order for them to be able to be successful. Everyone, not just yeah. the children, but also the adults that are serving those children. No, I, I think every, every district that I, that I know of uh, and have read about, including the one where my kid goes, deserves just amazing amounts of praise and thanks for figuring this out on such a short timeline. And We'll, we'll unwrap it. Probably this summer, people will start to look back and sort of say, what could we do better? Is there going to be another wave? Do we have to do this again? Um, are there ways we want to think about uh, changing how we operate? Because the thing that I've noticed is that there are some kids who, do, who are doing as well as they did before in this environment. There are some who are doing better maybe than they were in the old environment. So looking at the positive side of this, what does that say about, you know, how we allocate resources if we're going to talk about equity and every kid having an equal opportunity to learn? Well, is there something we can learn from the things that are going well with this hastily uh, put together program that might help us get more services and access to, to educational opportunity for those who are not? And yeah. that's a big discussion that, that we intend to spend all next year having through the various channels that IEI will have those, virtual, in-person, synchronous, asynchronous. Um, one thing I could tell you though, uh, and I wanna sort of talk about like where you think everything's headed in our, in our industry after this, but I know that our members are, they're, they're, they're such people people, right? All of us who got into education, people like you and me who are teachers, we got into it to be around people and to help people. And when the people aren't around and you're on the Zoom calls all the time, there's some who thrive in that environment a lot of our superintendents are tired of Zoom calls, and so <laughs> we're we're getting signals from them, and we're we're going to be testing out some new ways. We're going to be growing, you know, new ways for to help them develop their engagement and relationships with each other. You know, we we help we basically set up an environment where they can 
help each other learn about the good work they're doing and develop their leadership skills. That's, that's basically what we do. We just set up the opportunity and it's, it's all their ideas, not really ours. Um, and there are new ways to do that. I think that don't require zoom calls because I think they're getting enough of that with the, the, the meetings they really have to take. Um, so we're going to be all exploring. And I think all of us everywhere are going to be doing things differently uh, next year. And I don't think this, this coronavirus thing is not just like a, a six weeks and we're out. So I'm curious, what is your take? Like, what do you think is going to change in the K-12 ecosystem next year? Like what kind of trends do you think we might see? What do you think schools going to look like next year? Well, I think, I think really, I mean, from a partnership standpoint, the struggle is, is real as far as when are people going to feel comfortable traveling again, regardless of what's going on across our country and what rules right. and regulations are put into place. Um, you know, how are, how are our administrators going to be able to get out and explore um, in, in larger venues where they can collaborate with each other, collaborate right. with partners, learn more about what's happening in education? I mean, I think that's really the question right now. And Doug, to be honest with you, I don't have an answer. Yeah. I don't know yet what that's going to look like because we're still so, you know, it's still so new to all of us, right? We're all yeah. just trying to figure that out. What I do know is that, you know, when you're a good partner and you build relationships and you think about big picture customer service and retention, right? And making sure that what you're doing, you love. Um, and in my case, obviously, you know that, that I wake up every day um, wanting to protect kids just like you do, right? We have mm -hmm. that background in education. Yep. So for me, you know, I want to do whatever I need to do in order to continue to have those relationships where quite honestly, you know, educators need us in those relationships just as much as we need them in order to be successful and protect their children and, and have a business grow. Right? right. And so I found it really interesting over the last month, how many people I have reached out to who have just wanted to talk. They just wanted yeah. to talk not oh, be yeah. specific to yeah. what's happening within their district. It might not be specific to what's happening within their families, just to hear someone that they know genuinely cares about their best interest and vice versa, right. you know? And so right. I appreciate that so much too. When people are reaching, out to me. I, I think it's going to be one day at a time. And I yeah. think that there's going to be some different, different instances where we're going to be doing a lot more of this virtual calling or, right. you know, check-ins or meetings that we're not familiar with. We're not getting on a plane right right now. Right. And so, you know, people are missing that social interaction so much, but imagine our children. I mean, yeah. kiddos need oh. that too. And so I always step back and think, my gosh, if the adults are needing that interaction, imagine what our kids are feeling like right now. We all have to be really really uh, at top of mind with that, I think. Yeah. And you know, my kid's been, been grousing about how she, she wishes that she had a sibling for quarantine. Right. And then all of our friends who have multiple kids are all like, Oh my God, the kids are killing each other. <laughs> the grass is right, always greener. Right. Um, always. <laughs> right. And you know, maybe we'll come to appreciate this new way of, of working. I do think, I do think, you know, we, we, we've, uh, we've been putting out on social media, just not because we have any affiliation with them, just because we think what they do is so smart and helpful. Um, the uh, edunomics group, Dr. Marguerite Rosa has been doing this series of webinars on the, the, the really tough school finance things that are going to happen at the federal and state levels next year. Um, we've got a, an episode coming out this week in which we talked a lot of school finance specific to New York. Cause I had a bunch of our rural districts uh, and Abosi's district superintendent come on and talk through that issue. The, they're going to be really difficult financial things happening with a lot of school districts. And so um, getting on airplanes and going all over the place may be tough for some, and that's going to have an impact on the business writ large. Um, I also think you're going to see some, you're going to see some folks, you know, I, I think driving to the, your state conference is probably always going to be okay. Um, so you may see, you know, the state associations may see their events get more sponsor bookings potentially than they normally do. And, you know, then they'll have to put practices in place to make sure, and trust me, I go to a lot of these conferences sometimes in these, right. breakout, these breakout sessions have been practicing social distancing for a while, some of them. So, you know, cause it's like a huge conference room with 12 people. Um, so, you know, I, I do think that the business is going to change. I think districts are less likely now in the, in the old days of six months ago, you know, to, to work on a really strategic partnership with the district, you had to go and, and, and be there and 
go to a couple of meetings, then you could do some of it by Zoom in the past few years and some of it in person. I think the in-person thing is going to become less important because I think districts are going to realize that they can't just completely shut out the outside world and not everybody they want to work with is a drive away. Yeah, I think, I think this next year is going to be very interesting, um, obviously with the social distancing, but I also think you know, there's a lot for us to learn from this, right? As, as we always talk about, you don't know what you don't know. Right. And that's okay, right? We can learn from it. So I think there's going to be a lot more um, sessions needed and information brought to everyone's attention about what did we not know? What did we think we could do that we didn't, right? Um, yeah. how, how is it that our kids, like you said, you know, are learning um, in a different way than they normally would if they were, you know, within the brick and mortar? Right. And I think there's going to be a lot of conversations around that. I think social emotional is going to be huge. Um, I don't think that's going to go away. You know, I, I had said early on, Doug, I know in our meetings, you know, I think that the year of 2019, 2020 is going to be, you know, right. Um, and there's always a, a subject of the year I see where, yeah. you know, it's equity or it's, you know, data privacy or, you know, in this case it was SEL. I think SEL is going to continue into um, 2020, 2021. I think, Cybersecurity is going to be another one um, that's really affected people. And, and those are some of the topics of conversation that I think we're going to have to address um, and, and be prepared for all around, whether it's a vendor, partner, um, district, you know, these are the things that are going to be continue to be talked about, but it's going to be talked about in a different environment. What happened when we went remote? What happened with the virtual? Yeah, right. Right. I saw a survey that at least 60, 65% of people surveyed said they wouldn't go to a ball game, a uh, football game, baseball game until there's antidote testing or, um, or sorry, antibody testing or, or testing for the virus. Like that's, so does that mean they're going to go sit in a crowded uh, banquet hall for lunch at one of these conferences or uh, you know, that people are going to get on airplanes to go travel around, to go do um, meetings with districts. I, I, I think, I think we're going to see fundamental changes that we don't even know about yet. And, um, you know, and I think the, the, I'm really, I'm really nervous for the financial impact this will have on districts and their ability to provide services. And, um, I think you might see classroom student to teacher ratios climb, you know, really, really tough stuff. That's it's, it's really tough stuff, you know, and at some point, and again, it's still so new, right? At some point, people are going to say, look, we need to live our best life too. You know, we are a strong country. Um, you know, if, if you have leaders, whether it's parents, children, or whether it's parents, you know, educators, um, mentors, right, that are scared, our kids are going to be scared. Um, and yeah. we're seeing that right now. I mean, at Gaggle, we're seeing that right now. We're, we're feeling that impact. And so... At some point, from a leadership standpoint all around, we're going to have to lead our next generation, these kids, um, to a better environment and, you know, changes, right, for their learning. Yeah. And so it's, it, is going to be, it is going to be an interesting transition. I think we'll know more within the next couple months. I just think right now it's, it's just so new. You know, yeah. everybody doesn't know what's going to come next, right? And obviously don't, don't listen to the news because right. that's all hella crazy. So, <laughs> Yeah. Um... So, yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, uh, any sort of um, any sort of tricks that you're using to kind of stay, stay fresh and keep keep everything, you know, moving forward work wise, despite being trapped in your house, because I, I, I have to say like all of my I had a great year of, you know, habits of mind, morning routines, like I was really I had, was having a good year and this whole thing just upended everything. It's so hard to get into, especially with <laughs> all the like timing being different and um you know, but the one thing I am doing is, and, and Gretchen can see me on video here. She can attest that I do put on a like collared shirt every day. <laughs> yep. Uh, I think that's, that's my little like thing that makes me remember that I am at work now. And then I literally, I go and I put on a t-shirt at the end of the day and walk downstairs. Hey everybody, you know, like that's I have part of your thing. Yeah. Moments, no, I right? love that. I mean, Helps me mentally. <laughs> yes. The routine thing, you know, I was, I was uh, sharing with someone the other day, I never thought in a million years that when I'm home one day a week, I mean, I, Doug, you know, I travel six to right. five, six days a week. Yeah, you right? travel more than I do. Yeah. Um, and, and so, you know, I never thought that the coffee machine making foam would be so exciting. So there's little things <laughs> that like I found interesting, you know, normally yeah. where I take for granted, right. like, okay, I'm going to have my routine morning coffee, whatever. I'm like watching the foam come out and I'm like, that's so funny that that machine makes that, which sounds so bizarre. <laughs> 
But when you are like not used to not being around other things, um, other people traveling, you know, like I love, this is odd, but I love to be in the airport. I love to watch the buzz of the airport. I love to see yeah. all these people hard at work at the airport. Um, I think it's fascinating, right? I love to people watch and that has been really, really hard for me. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm getting nostalgic. Though, just you, you talking about it. I'm like, oh yeah, that's so fun. Yeah. See, and, and so like, like the other thing though, that I have, like I said, the coffee machine, right? I've, yeah. I've taken my morning cup of coffee for granted. Um, I got yeah. to for the first time in two ye- years, watch my tree bloom in the front yard, um, which is beautiful that's right cool. now. Nice. You know, stuff like that. Um, I'm, I'm really trying to soak up. Yeah. Um, because I know that we're going to be out there again and I know that we're going to be yeah. meeting people and, and sharing and caring. Right. Um, another thing that I've done is I've been doing, uh, paint by numbers. So yes. yeah, you, you know, my whole, like, you know, paint and sips that I wanted right. to do it. I, right. well, right. so I've been doing paint by numbers and I will tell you, I, I was pretty impressed with myself when a superintendent who's a very good friend of mine in Texas reached out and asked to buy Lucy the Longhorn. And I thought he was joking, of course. And he said, no, 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 I'm, I'm a huge Longhorns fan. I'm a graduate. And I said, buddy, I'll just mail it to you. You just made my day. So, so you know, paint by number for sale by, by Gretchen Thompson at Gaggle. It'll be yeah, lots of fun. Great. Yeah. Um, well, I'm glad everything's going well with you guys, with Gaggle and with you and your family. And um, anything else you want to you want to share or, or, or tell? No, I just, I just want you to keep plugging along and know that, that we support you. Right. Yeah. And I want you to take care of your family and to anybody that is listening to this, just stay safe and know we will see each other again soon. And thank you for everything that you're doing for your kids. Yeah. Same. Thank you. All right, Gretchen, hang in there. We'll talk soon. Sounds good. Take All care. Right. All right. And now we're going to switch over to my interview with Paula Reed. All right. I am here with Paula Reed, who is the founder of Business Education Consulting. She is, did I say it right? Biz Education Consulting? Biz Education Biz Education Consulting. Consulting. <laughs> um, and it's because some of them are the full word and some are uh, abbreviations of Biz Education Consulting. And she is out of uh, the Atlanta area in Georgia. And I think anybody who's worked in the K-12 industry um, either in a district or uh, or at one of our our partner companies probably knows Paula, um, and uh, glad you're here, Paula. And uh, thanks for all your support to IEI over the years. Well, thanks, Doug. Happy to be here. Yeah, it's a strange and interesting time, isn't it? Um, <laughs> it's just you know things. The, the The sky's yellow and the sun is blue. I mean, it's uh, <laughs> it's just backwards, upside down, um, whatever you want to say, but. Um, just, you know, how are, how are you doing? How's business going? How's your family? Everybody, everybody doing okay? Yeah. Um, so far so good. Been hunkered down for what, almost 40 days or so. And, um, yeah, I left a conference out in California, um, like March 12th and haven't seen, um, an airplane since. So, um, yeah. yeah, When was the last time you went this long? When was the last time you went this long without being on an airplane? Um, I, I probably had delivered a baby or something (laughs) or had had surgery or something like that. I feel like I'm having surgery. That's sort of, uh, yeah, I think it's probably been, no, now that you say that, yeah, uh, about six years ago when I had surgery, I was out for, uh, eight weeks and otherwise than that, I'm feeling, I'm feeling healthy inside. It's just weird being at home, but Hey, I'm getting through it one day at a time. When I first left teaching, I came up, um, on the product side, you know, actually like, as a content product manager in an ed mm-hmm. tech company, that's probably, and that was like, you know, I had still a lot of hair. Um, <laughs> so it tells you it was a while okay. ago that I was, you know, and I wasn't traveling that much then. So this, this has been, this has been a bizarre time. Just, uh, you know, I was just thinking the other day, like um, I was talking with, with our friend and colleague Gretchen about how we both sort of in a creepy way missed, miss just like getting a cup of coffee in an airport and sitting yeah. there and banging out a couple of emails, you know, that, that thing, especially like, you know, there's nothing weirder to, to people who don't travel that when you tell people about how sometimes it's kind of nice to have a connecting flight if you're going somewhere off the beaten path, cause you can sit and get work done and, you know, have a couple of snacks and um, it's just strange not to have those, those routine things in our life right now. Yeah, I totally get it. And, and it's funny because I did 
some reflection recently and I thought, wow, I, I, I usually, I, you know, I usually tell people before I do it, but I usually say, you know, I'm a hugger and I reach out and I hug yeah. and I'm thinking I've got to change my whole mindset. <laughs> yeah. I'm a bower now. I'm a bower. I'm a bower. Yeah. <laughs> or an elbow. So, or... Yeah. Right. Last... No, that's under six feet. Yeah. <laughs> The last event I went to was the New York State Superintendent Conference in March. And people who know me were like, wait, you're not shaking hands? <laughs> I said, no, I'm not. I, I was elbowing, um, yeah. which, you know, now he's not even the six feet. But, um, you know, probably after the, the, the drastic, the sort of draconian, draconian uh, social distancing stuff comes, we'll probably never really just randomly shake hands or hug anymore. I don't know. I, I don't know. That just seems bizarre right. to me. But yeah, yeah I, I, miss, I miss seeing everybody. I miss going to, you know, aside from our own events, you know, we, we go and we travel around to talk with superintendents around the country at various stuff. And, uh, you know, it's, um, it's, it's strange. I think we'll get back to traveling at some point. I do think it's going to change. I agree. I agree. And, um, and hopefully, um, one thing that <clears throat> has been noticed through this whole piece is that business can be done. Um, virtually right uh, my concern though is wondering if virtually if relationships can be done right um that's my biggest fear a lot is that um you know if you didn't know the folks before do you know are they are folks going to be more willing to try to do a virtual happy hour <laughs> with you or a, right you know or any kind of a connection that you might have had in a face-to-face you know, opportunity. How, how do you connect with people any longer if yeah. you don't know them, you know? And I think, you know, the, the trend, you know, how are, how will districts engage with potential partners going forward um, without the relationship piece? It's, it's sort of a question or maybe all of that, maybe we'll change how we do all of that. I don't know. What, are, what are you hearing out there from your, your district leader colleagues and, your clients, what are you seeing that, that has changed in the short term and, and what do you think might change, you know, forever? Well, immediately, um, you know, as a consultant and, and some sales reps and all, I saw, I saw heavy furlough uh, drops and people, you know, canceled contracts and all of that from companies who, who saw that, you know, if, if they did things that had to do with the school building or um, classrooms and the like, they had to kind of uh, step aside and not, you know, and, and kind of rethink their whole, whole business or put it on hold knowing that if schools are out for three to four months or so, how can their business flourish? Um, so they had to make some quick economic changes. Sure. Um, other companies, I look at them and they were more... Um, they started to think more innovatively. Um, the, the change made them stop and pause and say, is there any way that we can reshape the business that we're doing? If our focus is on X, can we pivot and go to A, B, and C, at least in the short run? And hey, it might work that in the end, A, B, and C, and you know X, Y, and Z can all come together, I guess. And so I see some of the companies becoming more innovative, uh, more needed. Um, I take a company like Kenvolve. They they mm -hmm. are looking at other ways in which they can uh, be able to pivot and um, be able to be more impactful, especially from a communication side. Um, you know, the focus had been on on attendance. We can't, you know, attendance will come back. I get that, but how can they be most effective in making sure kids get their lunches and the like? So I, I saw that as a major pivot in in in, in marketing strategy. And hopefully that'll be very successful for them. Yeah. Kinvolve, by the way, longtime IEI uh, partner. We appreciate that. And Alex, uh, co-founder of Kinvolve, has been on. And I'm, we're actually uh, sometime in the next couple of weeks trying to re reconvene the, the panel that I had at the beginning of this whole um, ex adventure, we'll call it, <laughs> is a nice word, uh, to talk about kind of what we thought things were happening. We had John Welch from Puget Sound ESD on that one. And it was a really insightful discussion just about what everyone was doing. So, um, you know, always, always love hearing from those guys. Um, what do you think? I mean, when school comes back in the fall, how, how, how is business between districts and people like your clients going to change? How, how will we engage? What do you think is permanently changed aside from, you know, 
that there's a sad piece here that a lot of really great companies founded by great people are not going to make it. Um, but um, aside from from that, what do you think will change about the sort of practices of of um, engaging in discussions between districts and your clients and others? Well, it, the conversations have to be even more consultative than they ever were before. I think um, it's it's got to be around you know funding even more than it ever has been. And when I say that, meaning you know. What, do you, what are the plans and all? Like everybody thinks there's been this landfall of money that, um, um, that came through with the CARE Act and all. And I see, if I'm futuristically thinking, that a lot of districts are gonna have to pay, you know, beef up on their hardware, beef up on um, their professional development of their um, um, folks. That was Paula's dog. <laughs> right sorry we're all the home signs office. of home officing yeah 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 no worries so okay <laughs> two weeks ago when i was on with, when i was talking to susan enfield uh from highline washington there was a landscaping crew next door just really getting after it so these are the the perils of, of home office podcasting um anyway so you were saying yeah so i i think that it's going to have to be one in which the the school districts are going to have to be very consultative in the way in which they they uh, not the school district excuse me the um the the industry folks are going to have to be a little more consultative and understanding like what monies are going where and how they might be able to yeah. work with them within the budgets they're also going to have to start to focus i think on being more resourceful with how how their products can fit into the this new paradigm because I just truly think school districts are, you know, going to be focused on if this happens again, what are we going to do to take care of it and manage it? And if you are not on the wag, you know, on the, you know, on the wagon with them where they're headed, then you're going to be left off. And it just has to be a little bit more robust. I think companies have to be a little bit more flexible in thinking about what their product means for an organization. But um, overall, I mean, I, I would love it to go back in some way to where it was, but hey, we've been planning on this digital learning, online learning continuum for the past 20 years, and now it's like everybody kind of got caught with their pants down, like, oh my God, what are we going to do? So hopefully well, yeah. some I mean, of these companies to, will build up. Yeah. Districts mm -hmm. had to make a pivot in two to three weeks that was happening over many years. Right. So, I mean, if it was just as simple as putting kids in front of videos, you know, then we would have done that. It's not. And we, and every parent in America right now knows how hard teaching is. So, um, you know, oh my God, I, I, I give credit to every educator out there, every teacher out there for what they're doing right now. The superintendents having to turn on a dime. I, I mean, you know, my heart goes out to them because they're working triple time. And I know that folks used to go home and teachers used to go home and do lesson plans. And I've, I have some teacher friends that are calling me up in tears um, saying, you know, twice a week they're crying. Um, you know, not only just for the trauma of the situation that they're in, but because if they're very dedicated teachers who wanna do what's right by children, they're suffering right now and trying to be able to say, hey, I want, I want to make this work. I want to talk to my kids who have autism. I want to talk to these kids who have IEPs. So, you know, they're struggling. And we um, on, the, on the industry side have to figure out, make sure that we are being mindful of, of, of who we're speaking with and what they're going through as well. Yeah. Could we... Um... Could we see a, I hope, um, a, 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 uh, an upsurge in discussions on the industry side about equity? Not, not just, you know, I mean, everyone I know in the industry wants to be part of a solution around equity, but we don't, there's no, right, there's no tool that helps you do equity. There's no app for that yet, really. I guess the closest thing would be, kind of what everyone's doing on the ed fintech side, specifically our friends at Alloview, trying to help you look at how resources are being spent. Um, but could we, could we see, you know, companies get founded and investors get behind ideas that will help districts implement a more equitable educational program, given that suddenly it's aware to every lay person probably who thinks about it for a second. And it's also, you know, we're talking about the, the, the inequity in our schools, like on primetime news television broadcasts, like that's, 
it's for everyone knows these these heartbreaking stories now i'm i'm hoping we might see an industry reaction that starts to develop tools or work with tools that are already developed but um position them to be part of um providing an equitable educational opportunity for kids and i'm not trying to criticize anybody i'm just saying right, right. this is this is a new world and if we got to find silver linings in it i hope that might be one yeah and 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 equity goes you know it goes for folks of color, Latinx students, and it goes for poverty-stricken kids and rural kids and yeah. <clears throat> kids in the city. It's like looking at a district overall, you, it, it's, it's, it's funny because there's so much of a variance within the district itself that is being exposed, but it's will these people within the community embrace the fact that there are the haves and the have-nots. I see superintendents, I've been on multiple webinars over the past few weeks discussing equity and, you know, always thinking of the playing field being leveled if we start to do um, a digital transition in a school district and provide kids with one-to-one computers or we give them content and a hotspot and all of this, will this level the playing field? It could, but it's like, where is the money going to be going and funneling to? And will the community back these superintendents that have been screaming for equity for years? And it's not necessarily, it's got to come from the community. It's got to come from grassroots. Right. People have to decide, do we want to be one of those districts where there are the haves and the have nots? Or do we really want to lift up all the kids in our district? So, you know, it, it, it's, it's a question to be asked, but I even would like to go further and 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 um, talk to folks on school boards and yeah. see what's happening in the community around this. I think you've got a situation right now where there's an opportunity. You've got all these parents who will, if you if you just help them realize that that you know if you're if you're a parent who is able to um, take time out of your out of your day and spend time teaching your kid, you've got to realize that not every parent can do that. From frontline healthcare workers to, um, to parents who just one reason or another can't do that. Right. And so you've got to at least realize, huh, that's pretty, you know, like I'm pretty lucky I was able to do that. Um, and then you've also got to realize that there are people, especially in rural communities who don't have access to internet and the rural districts are going to get really hit really hard on the federal and state funding side of this. The wealthy suburbans will probably come out the best in terms of the hits on state and federal, um, especially those with large fund reserves. Um, but uh, you know, that I think that everyone's going to be tuned into it in a way maybe they weren't before because it just, you, to some extent, and I, I'm guilty of this too, as a parent, you just, you trust your school and you send kids there and you trust them to, to, to do what's right. And you, and you kind of don't think about the day to day of it because they've got it. And, um, now maybe parents will be saying, huh, well, I've started to think about the day to day and, you know, maybe, maybe we should, um, have our, you know, maybe we should re, maybe I should get my local elected officials to rearrange funds in the state budget so that internet is just paid for for everybody. Like right. maybe that should be a right instead of a, a, a you know, a privilege. I, that's, I don't know. I think we have well, an opportunity. A bunch of people who are voters are now tuned into this educational equity issue in a way they may never again be. Yeah. Um, my fear also, um, just because, you know, you would think people would would fall in line with, you know, other initiatives that are going on right now, and they don't necessarily. But I, I, my fear is that someone will go, well, this is a once in a lifetime situation. We just need to go back to the way we were. Um, I, my fear is that I've seen too many districts forge forward into doing a digital transition and then having a group of folks that's, that stood out and said, no, 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 that's not where our money should go. It should go in another direction. So, you know, there, there, there is only so much buckets of money and then where it's getting allocated will be very interesting and community to community and who has the largest mouth to say that they want or don't want to be able to focus on online education moving forward. I, you know, I've asked some people and I find it quite fascinating when they are just okay with having their kids get homework packets um, sent home during this time. And <clears throat> it's, 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 
it is just bizarre to me that that's okay, you know, is mm -hmm. it, and, and you know, doggone well, the gap that was there, what we were calling then the opportunity gap will be even further and further apart as we go back and look, because even kids who were moving on a trajectory of doing well in their classroom and all, they're going to have slippage beyond compare if, if all they're getting is packets and the next neighboring school district over is, is prepping for testing. You know, so it's, it's just going to be fascinating. I, I hope yeah. and I have prayers that, that communities will, will change and bond together to focus on what are we going to do if this not only occurs again, but just in general, I, I think in general. it's just going to be good in general. Yeah. It's going to yeah. be good. Well, um, you know, we'll, this is going to be the focus of what IEI talks about for the next year. Um, we want to be part of the solution to this. Um, and we've got a great group of superintendents who care about this issue from all angles. And so, you know, we'll see how that unfolds. Um, at the moment, there's a little bit of heads down to get through this crazy time and, um, get our, our connect virtual sessions set up, but, um, I'm looking forward to, um, engaging this discussion, having you part of it as well as everyone else. So let's, Thanks, um, let's, let's turn a little bit as we kind of, um, think about wrapping up here, just what, you know, you've worked with so many great companies in our space and you've worked with so many great superintendents and other leaders. What kind of, uh, what advice are you doling out to, uh, to companies that are, are freaking out about, where we are right now. How are you, how are you sort of advising them on what they should and should not do in terms of engaging districts during this, this time? Okay. I, as I saw a lot of folks back out and say, Hey, I, I, we're cutting our marketing. We're, we're not going to go out here anymore. We're not going to invest in that or they cut their salespeople and the like. At this point in time, if anything, they should sit back and reflect and plan for the more robust revealing of marketing and sales strategies than ever before. Who's going to go out there and who's going to do what and be very thoughtful and mindful of how they're going to position their products and services um, moving forward. I don't think it's a time to stop and pull out the plugs. I think it's more so like you've got to move forward and be able to say, you know, how can, when we come out on the other side of this, am I prepared and ready to charge for with um, building my pipeline? And um, a lot of folks, if you, if they've cut their sales staff or they've, um, or they cut their future marketing for the rest of the year, I think they will find um, more pains because to start all over again, is going to be difficult. Um, that's the way I kind of look at it is, you know, September is a new, new school year. It's a new time for folks to start thinking where they are and reflecting. And if they're not in a position to, to meet with, talk with, and learn from superintendents and district administrators, then um, they will lose an additional three to four months if they're waiting till next January before um, putting you know, their foot to the pedal again for marketing and sales. Any kind of uh, mental health, uh, home office strategies you're using to kind of stay, stay on top of things or um, you know, anything you're using to kind of survive the days? Yeah, well, I'm not. Well, because when I'm not on the road, I am at a home office. So I, um, I have a routine. The routine's changed a little bit. I used to go to a coffee shop, get coffee and come home. Now I'm using my coffee pot <laughs> daily. But every day. But you're saving like two, three bucks a day. Which I know, I am. I, I thought about that. I thought yeah. about that. Um, that and restaurants and more. But the other part is, is that I get dressed every day. I know, I know a lot of people make fun about doing pajamas and things like that. I get dressed every day because it puts my mindset in. Same. Yeah. I get dressed, I get in front of the computer. I kind of have a habit of doing the whole, whole nine yards um, as if I was, I was going to an office. But um, as I throw myself within the work, I do realize every now and again, I, I have this like sadness about the whole piece yeah. that's going on. So I've, I've, I've um, I, I power walk. I try to power walk as much as I can. And then the other thing I do seriously is I, I, I listen to ocean sounds and try mm -hmm. to just chill out and meditate. And that I had to do, especially in the very beginning to go to sleep. So it's, it's, you know, so you're not worrying all the time. So yeah, right. there are all yeah. kinds of, I just take a little bit of self time and I think it, it, it's been helpful to me at least. Yeah. Uh, my daughter and I set up a beach in our living room. On, on oh, Sunday did you? Saturday. That's Rainy cute. Saturday. Yeah. We had like a, 
a, a sand colored blanket that she found and we had we found like beach noises on the tv and it was actually you know it was like for a minute we we're like oh this is so we're on, on the beach and then you know this morning I, i'm i'll i usually i post on my on my twitter just sometime for my morning walk or run or um uh bike and i in the fall i was like every couple of weeks showing like the different beachscape on my bike ride well today i rode down to the beach i had an injury and wasn't able to ride for a while but i finally got back on the bike this morning and uh beach is shut can't can't so i have a picture of like a gate in front of a beach but uh that stuff really those those morning routines really do matter and it's been been hard to get back into it so well one last thing that i've done is i've started like a queen size crocheted blanket <laughs> throw oh, cool. thing for my husband's yeah he's a huge skins <laughs> fan so it's all burgundy and gold so so yeah i have like about 100 rolls of yarn and i've been just sitting yeah. down doing that in the evening so yeah, yeah anything to keep my mind going and some projects yeah. to do it's been fun yep we all got to stay busy. And uh, the upside of this is that I've had a bunch of outreach or made a bunch of outreach to people in my work life that I haven't spoken to in a long time and just kind of, That's Hey, true. how are you doing? Just checking in on people. How are you doing? Um, so well, That's good, Paula. Fun. Thank you very much. Keep Doug. up the fight. Thanks for being here. And uh, we will talk soon. All right. Take care. Right. Bye-bye. All right. There you have it. Gretchen, Paula, Doug dishing on COVID and how it's affecting everything. I hope you enjoyed it. If you like what we're doing here at Talk Soups and CEOs, please subscribe, uh, follow us, maybe give us give us some stars on the rating wherever you listen to your podcasts. We're really enjoying putting these episodes together, especially during this this strange and difficult time. And um, next week's or the next episode, which I may try to get out this week, next episode is a revisit of the panel we had um, at the beginning of this whole thing with, with John Welch, uh, superintendent of Puget Sound Educational Service District, and several of our industry partners talking about um, what they've been seeing in districts over the past six, seven weeks and where they think we're headed. So um, look forward to that episode and stay in touch, stay safe, stay healthy, and thanks for listening.